Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. This year we've been talking about uh, being followers of Jesus. We've been talking about being committed to a spiritual community and being one who shepherds others. I think it's been a very timely conversation for this year. It's a very um, intentional step, isn't it, to step into this place. We don't do it by accident. It's an intentional decision or an intentional position. We move from being an observer to being a participant. And I think on this journey, sometimes we become a bit weary in doing good. Anyone relate to that or is that just me? Sometimes the weariness sets in. And uh, so my prayer from this morning for myself is that I'm not speaking from a place of, of weariness, but I must admit that I'm preaching to myself this morning because the weariness has set in. But I feel like God just stripped a whole lot of it from me this morning. I feel like I've emerged and and ripped off some of those grave clothes that have had me bound and that have been pulling me down. (laughs) So this morning I want to talk about regaining a spiritual vitality. And again, I'm preaching to myself. Come on, soul, rise up, rise up. Because I think sometimes we need to challenge ourselves to step onto the path again or step into the journey again, step into that place again. And I think that most of us are feeling the weightiness of the times that we're in. And I think all times have a weightiness, absolutely. And I think, you know, today, if it's not your weighty day, then fantastic. But, but can you relate to it? Can you remember those times when you have felt the weightiness? Because I know that sometimes I've heard others speak of a weightiness and I've gone, yeah, that's not mine. I'm not carrying that right now. But I've been feeling this, this weightiness. And somehow we've got to be able to to acknowledge the weightiness or see the weightiness, but not actually allow it to bear us down or bog us down. Because there's two things that I know for certain. God is not the author of confusion and He's not a God of fear. He's a God of peace. And so I know that if I'm not walking in that, then I'm allowing the weightiness of the times to consume me because that's not the God that we serve. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. 
It's His peace. It's His power that we need to be walking in in these times. We've been asking ourselves and each other this year, where are you coming from? Are you coming from this place of of weariness or in my case, grumpiness, my poor children? It's not where I'm coming from. Some days you would be forgiven to be seeing that as being the depths of what I have actually in there. Josh said in a message near the beginning of the year that being a believer or for him, you know, being a minister is is like being a curator. We see the ruins and we see the the perfectly sculptured um, um, architectural designs or whatever it may be and and we see beauty in all of it, don't we? And so I think no matter the times or the seasons that we're in, like a curator, we need to actually be able to see the beauty in the here and the now, in what is in today and what is in God's people and what is happening on this planet and and the things that are happening in and around about us because there is beauty in what is going on. Sometimes we just got to scratch a little bit beneath the surface to find it, isn't it? So today I want to have a little look at the book of Hebrews. And um, I love the book of Hebrews. There's a lot in the book of Hebrews. I would love to know who the author of Hebrews is, um, but I don't know, so I can't tell you that today. But throughout the book of Hebrews, the author is speaking to the early Jewish Christians who were under constant persecution and wondering if they'd actually made the right decision to become a follower of Christ. It was pretty fair to say that they were pretty disillusioned with the times that they lived in. They were pretty disillusioned with life at that time. And chapter 11 I love in particular because if you remember in chapter 11, it goes through the greats of faith doesn't it? And it talks of all the, the, the great um, moments that they stepped into and moments that they had with God and where, and where their faith was tested and where it showed to be so great. They endured great trials and suffering and persecution. Interestingly enough, it talks nothing of their shortcomings. It doesn't talk about their, their doubt It doesn't talk about their murder or their deceit or their anger or the list goes on and on, doesn't it? And I think that's the beauty in this because in it, it shows that the blood of Jesus blotted out all of those things. And what remains is these pillars of faith that stood through the moments in time that stood through the persecution, that stood through the shaky ground, that stood and kept their eyes fixed on their heavenly Father. Only their legacy of faith in God remained at the end of the day. And then it goes on to say that we have been given the living Word of God, which is more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We could spend an entire morning just sitting in that revelation of the gift of what we've been given in His Word. 
He reminds them of the new covenant and even greater things to come in eternity that we will enter into that rest. And then we get to chapter 12. There's a lot of therefores through Hebrews. These these weighty stop and just rest and, and just ponder, sit in this moment. And Hebrews 12 says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And it goes on to say, consider him when you become weary and discouraged. And then it goes on to say, whom the Lord loves, he chastens or instructs. We're going to skip over that bit. So we're going to go down to Hebrews 12.12, if you want to turn in your Bible this morning. Because this verse jumped at me this week and I've been resonating with it. Renew your spiritual vitality. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Isn't it such a defeated picture? Our hands that hang down (laughs) and our feeble knees. Anyone felt that moment of just the weightiness, the weight of what I'm carrying? It's too much and I'm going to crumple under it. I can't stand under this weight anymore. I've completely hit the wall. Anyone had that moment of just completely hitting the wall? I'm going to have a cry for a minute. Moved out of our house three weeks ago. Woohoo! Into our house, finally. But oh my goodness, the bond clean, the packing. Need, do I need to say any more? Anyone relate? I hit the wall, literally. Did my back, got a cold. I was a crying mess, I must admit. I felt the weariness of it all. And it's funny how it attacks your spirit, soul and body, doesn't it? And you just feel just defeated and depleted in that moment. And it's just such a set in weariness, isn't it? And, you know, just for the truth of it all, It wasn't all that that killed me. It's obviously the lead up and that. I'm not that weak, just so you know, contrary to what Josh believes. So, But uh, yes, sometimes it's just the final straw, isn't it, that causes us to hit the wall and just have one of those moments where you go, you know what, my hands no longer have the strength to produce or to fight, let alone to be lifted in worship. My feeble knees are unable to stand or walk, let alone run the race that is set before me or be bended in prayer. The the, uh, writer of Hebrews was actually inspired by Isaiah 35 and verse 3. It says again, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm 
the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. With the recompense of God, He will come and save you. In this scripture, the prophet Isaiah was also addressing the faithful in Israel who'd been through a lot, evil kings, false prophets, disobedience, powerful enemies, and a time of just simply no peace. And the prophet is encouraging them in this moment to encourage each other and strengthen each other. The interesting thing in both of these scriptures in the uh, King James and New King James, it says, strengthen the hands and the knees. But if you look in many other more modern translations, it says, strengthen your hands and your knees. It's actually been quite changed there. And so today when I talk about this scripture, I talk about it from from the King James Version in the strengthen the hands and strengthen the knees. Because in that, I believe that it's not actually a moment that's just about you and your hands and your knees. It's about the hands and the knees. It's actually about encouraging and coming beside. And isn't that what stepping into that position of of a father is? It's being the coach on the sideline and going, come on, you've got this. Look at you go. I've never seen you run so fast. Keep your eye on the prize. Look at the finish line. It's right there. And can't you feel it? when the Father is running beside you and championing championing your cause and causing you to keep your eye on the prize and where you're going. Don't look behind you. doesn't matter who's coming and how close they are or don't look beside you, but keeping your eye in front of you to where you're actually going. One of the greatest ways to encourage yourself is actually to encourage somebody else. Hebrews says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, exhorting one another. Say to those who are fearful hearted. It's called encouragement, isn't it? For ourselves and for those around about us. When we're having those moments of our arms hanging down, of our feeble knees. God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. Hello, come on. Hebrews 12 is saying, therefore, on account of the fact that you know what you've been called for. You know that what you suffer is nowhere near what He suffered. And you know what's waiting for you on the other side. Buck up. Pull yourself together. Reinvigorate. Make straight the paths. And I like this. It's interesting when you start looking at at the paths or the highways through the Scripture. There's so many Scriptures um, that, that talk about this. Proverbs says, Ponder the path of your feet 
and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Consider where you're headed. It sounds so logical and easy, does it not? Yet we don't. (laughs) We end up in trouble, drowning, and look around and go, what just happened to me? How did I get here? Isn't it? We actually cannot think beyond the moment. Stupid example, yesterday we had a, um, a birthday party for Sienna who turned four. And um, Josh's dream going to four-year-old, four-year-old birthday party. So he decides to get sick. You'll notice that he's not here this morning. And so her birthday party's at two o'clock. So end up getting a doctor's appointment, yay, for 12 o'clock. And uh, find out that he's got bursitis in his elbow. And uh, so the birthday party all of a sudden is on me. Yay. And uh, paddling pool party. Great, beautiful dream. So just as I finish setting up, it starts raining. Good moment, isn't it? So, but it clears, yay, very excited. All these little kids turn up and, and uh, we're having this moment. But talk about not being able to, to uh, think beyond the moment. Uh, Sienna's in the paddling pool with all of her friends and then they decide to jump out and jump on the trampoline. So she's got to take her swimmers off and put her clothes back on. Six times. Took the swimmers off, put the clothes back on. Took the swimmers off, put the clothes back on. Do you think that I could convince her? Do you not think maybe leave the swimmers on that you'll go back in the pool? No, I won't. I finished swimming. Finished swimming. If it had not have been her birthday and I, that I was trying to shed my grumpiness, that would have gone a whole nother way. But how many times is that us? You know, in the moment, I'm done with the swimming. Take the swimmers off, put the clothes back on. Six times later, you go, oh, maybe I could have left my swimmers on back at the beginning there. So see, we're not so different from a four-year-old, are we? Isaiah 35, 8 says, A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. And Proverbs, as we know, says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Choosing to be a follower of Christ is actually making a choice to be on that path, to walk that highway of holiness. Hebrews 12 goes on to say, So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Isn't it interesting that when we run, we leave a path behind us that either leads or misleads others? It has the ability to bring damage or bring healing. And it makes it very difficult to be selfish, doesn't it? It makes it very difficult to go, you know, I own my actions. 
and that they don't actually affect anybody else. Who knows that our path is actually a very well-worn path? It's actually very obvious and very clear for people to be able to follow us. It's not hard to find. Who do you owe a gratitude to that paved a straight path before you? Who was a part of your discipleship journey? Who was a member of your church? Or who was a father in the faith for you? You may have had a negative experience with that. You might have started on a path with somebody and then realised all of a sudden that they weren't on that right path. Isn't it interesting? I think it's Paul that says, follow me as I follow Christ, isn't it? Which I think is always a very good reminder that there always has to be one eye kept on him, doesn't there? Even if we're following somebody else to go, you know what? Man can so easily lead us astray. It's looking for the God in them, isn't it? It's looking for the fruit in them and being able to say, yes, I can see that that where you're headed is actually a road that I want to be on and it's not going to lead to destruction. Make straight the path. Make straight the path. There's a choice for you in that. It's your choice to make that path. It's your choice of where that path is going to go. It's your choice to make it straight or to make the uh, slight little detours. Oh, pretty lights. Which so easily happen, don't they? Don't you think it would be interesting if we could look behind us and see what our path looks like? Anyone think they've got a dead straight one? Or you've got a few nice little curls around the way that, uh, that just add to the story, don't they? They make for the, uh, the interesting parts in the story when we get to, to share our stories with others, isn't it? But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to make that straight path. We get to actually choose the path that we're on and choose to actually establish a path that is one that others will want to follow and others will want to walk in. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that, that, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. God is using us to bring healing to this land. We know that he could come and fix it all. He could come and heal it all. But he's given that beautiful privilege to you and me. He's actually called us in our journey, to be on a journey of healing, to be on a journey where we're conscious of who's coming before us.
We're conscious that there are lame ones that are following us. And they don't realise. They don't necessarily know or able to look through the confusion of the day. I watched something this week that that when I finished watching it, I knew came from a place of fear. And I don't watch a lot, I must admit. We don't have a television and, and um, I rely on most of you to keep me up with the news and the, and the happenings of the day and hear them mostly secondhand. But I watched this and, and it, was, it was strange because in this moment, my spirit knew that it wasn't of God. And I consider myself to, to be someone that, you know, can discern these things. But it was interesting as I looked back on, on my behaviours after I'd watched this and how I had made decisions that were outside of what I would normally do. Even though in the moment, as I was watching this, I knew that, it wasn't from God and, and moved on with my time. It was, I, I found it very interesting to see how it affected me. And I knew and I didn't buy into it. Imagine if I didn't know and did buy into it. And we are all being bombarded with that constantly. There's so much information, is there not? Information overload constantly. And some of it is very good and very important. But we need to be so hyper-vigilant as to what we're actually allowing to come in, do we not? Because even if it's not your intention, it wasn't my intention to allow that to come in. But in that moment when I realised, hang on a minute, I'm actually contemplating this or thinking about that or, or what if that happened? And I actually have to take myself in that moment and, and pull myself together and go, no. Again, back to the beginning. God is not the author of confusion. He is the God of peace. So if what you are watching or seeing causes confusion or it robs you of your peace, God is not behind that. Do I need to say it again or have we all got it? We have to intentionally find him in our every moment of every day. Because the lame coming behind us on the path need us to help them get to that place of healing. We are responsible. You and I. And that comes by choosing intentionally to be on the path, to be on the journey of being a follower of Christ. By committing to a spiritual community. Because this spiritual community, you need them, just like I did when I hit the wall the other week. I need the fathers to be able to say, come on, you can do this. Get back up. 
You don't get to just lie in bed and pull the covers over and go, I'm too tired for any of this. We need each other more than ever. And we need each other to be able to sometimes shake the things off, is it not? You know, I spoke to somebody before the service just about the, the weightiness and, and she said to me, you just got to shake it off. You know, and it's true, isn't it? We've got to shake these things off because that's what the enemy's going to try and do. He's going to try and come in and rob and kill and destroy. That's his method. We know it. It's no surprise. Sometimes it just takes us by surprise when it sticks to us and slimes us, isn't it? So we actually need our spiritual community to be able to go, come on, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Who sings that? Taylor Swift. Watch out. Okay, maybe not. And we need the fathers. We need the fathers now more than ever. We need the constants. We need the ones on the sideline that are going, come on, you can do this. Keep your eye on the goal. Where you're running is good. Oh, watch out for that tree. (laughs) You know, watch out for that pothole. Don't get sidetracked by that. Don't let those pretty lights distract you. Because it happens to all of us, doesn't it? Hebrews ends, Hebrews 12 ends by saying, Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Talks earlier in Hebrews about this kingdom, this, this time, this earth is being shaken and will be shaken, but we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. The end of Hebrews 35 says, And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, I'm sorry if that whole message was just speaking to me this morning. But Father, I, I know that despite the words of my mouth that you can speak to each individual here. And so Father, I, I pray this morning... Lord, that you pour in your encouragement to their life. Lord, that they can hear you championing them on the sideline. They can hear you affirming who they are, who you created them to be. Lord, that you have created them for such a time as this that you've given them a future and a hope. 
that you've called them to be repairers of the breach. You've called them to bring healing to the lame, Father God. So, Father, I just lift up the ones today that are weary. The ones that are feeling downtrodden. The ones that have lost their vitality. The ones that have uh, allowed the, the lies of the enemy to be the loudest voice in their head. Father, right now I push back on that darkness, push back on the lies of the enemy. I push back on fear, on condemnation, on strife, push back on division. Father, would you fill us afresh once again? Lord, just pour in your power and your might, your strength. Father, may your voice be the loudest voice in our head. Lord, give us a discernment like never before. Lord, that when all this information is is being thrown at us and, and bombarding us, that we would have the discernment to know what is you and what is not. And Father, help us to guard our hearts, I pray. To guard our hearts against torment, against fear, against lies. To hold our position of peace. Lord, that we would be carriers of you everywhere we go. Like Tim said this morning, people want to know what it is that we've got. So Father, give us a boldness like never before. A revelation to know what we carry and a boldness to to speak it, to share it to feel the weightiness of of what you've given to us, Father God. Father, I pray for your hedge of protection around my family right now. Lord, for each and every one of them, and they're going out and they're coming in. God, that you would be their rear guard. You would always have their front and have their back, Father God. Lord, that they would not be exposed. They would know your strength and your power in their life each and every day, Father. Lord, I thank you for that. In your precious name, amen. 
We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.